And in three, two, one, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages. Welcome to Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick. We come to you each week, five days a week at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We are your daily distraction of the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. Coming to you on a multitude of platforms, including but not limited to Comedy Schools Radio.com, Comedy Schools Radio Network.com, SoundCloud, Mixler, Facebook Live, and Spotify. Uh, we only take 30 minutes of your time because we don't try to sell you a lot of horse crap. Uh, only 30 minutes of your time. During that 30 minutes, we will, at the end of the 30 minutes, recommend one artist or one piece of music off our vast vinyl album in compact disc collection. I think we got a really cool one today. I think it's a long, cool one. Uh, we have that. Um, uh, also, sometimes we have some knickknack or doodad or falderall or thingamajig that we uh, show you visually, and you can only see that on Facebook Live. You go to Tony Visick, V-I-C-I-C-H, uh, and then we try to weave a personal story around it. Uh, but the most important part of this program, ladies and gentlemen, are your questions and comments as we traipse through the 30 minutes because, 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 um, oftentimes your questions and comments shape the show in a far more entertaining way than anything that comes out of my... Uh, mashed up maw so uh kevin roberts and we have a group of people who comment on a regular basis uh primarily on facebook live most of whom we know from various uh times in our life and we call them the uh living on a thin line gang bang bangers because they bang on the keyboard and then we try to uh answer the questions or respond to their comments uh kevin roberts asked uh, do i have a tote bag and do i use hair weave uh, the answer to uh, the second one is no. And the answer to the first one is, I, I don't know, uh, I belong to AARP and it keeps, you know, if you join, they go, you get a free gift. And it's usually some utter piece of junk you just end up throwing away. Hey, you know, you can carry beer and soda and your dentures all in this handy dandy bag. And you go, I, I don't want this. I don't want this. Why did they send this to me? It makes me want to not join AARP, which I never use. I never use. I, I don't know why I keep joining. I don't keep, know why I keep giving them $16 a year. I just never use it. I'm almost at the point. It's getting to the point where there's a, a, a company, um, Bill True or something, that you put in all your recurring monthly bills in there and it alerts you. Then you can begin to see all the little $5 and $10 uh, dings that you get for totally useless crap. Totally useless crap. So uh, Shirley and I um, rejoined the gym. Now, I, anybody knows me uh, for a long time knows I used to be a gym rat. I used to go to the gym a lot. Uh, why? Because uh, it's simple exercise and any dummy can do it. Uh, and you don't have to do it with other people. So, but uh, I was not going to the gym for years because of back issues. But uh, those are kind of healed up now. Kind of healed up. And I've been doing a lot of physical activity. So we decided to join the gymnasium. Uh, Kevin Roberts says, just go walking, you save money. I do. I walk my dog every morning, two miles. It works out to about two miles every morning. So I do, do, I do, 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 do. I don't run. I do, 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 run, run. No, I do not do, 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 run. Um, I do that, but we join a gymnasium. For me, absolutely free. Absolutely free, ladies and gentlemen. Because I'm over uh, 65. So, and I do. I walk and I swim and I do some calisthenics. And I don't do a lot, but I do some. But we decided to join the gym 
And all of you are coming in with your, your ideas. Just go walk and say, what do I do, walk? Kevin Roberts says, COVID incubator, danger. Could be, could be, might be, could be. It is a COVID, might be, could be. It is a COVID incubator. Well, holy cow. Paul Whitney says, uh, just street walk, get exercise, and make money. Mmm. Mmm. That's true. You never see, like, a really uh, overweight streetwalker. But I think that it has more to do with the meth amphetamine. Meth amphetamine. I think with a lot of the streetwalkers, uh, what they use is they use a lot of the, uh, the uh, meth amphetamine. So, uh, anyway, I join the gym. Okay? Nancy Eamon says, be a silver sneaker smoke person. Person to make money. Um, uh, Kevin Roberts wants to know what voice it is. It's it's just a not made up, nondescript, stupid voice. I must have heard in a cartoon when I was six. Kevin, what are you drilling me for, man? Um, but when Shirley joined, it was ten bucks. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Ten bucks to join a gym. We joined Planet Fitness, where uh, um. I don't know if you spend more time working or cleaning up uh, their equipment because that's their deal. You just wipe down all the shit all the time. That's their big deal. We're really clean. No, you're not clean. We are. You just kind of shame us into cleaning your stuff. Just trying to save money on a cleaning lady. And it reminded me the problem of joining a gym because I've gone through this. And they don't ask for a credit card number. Because you can cancel a credit card. They ask for your bank routing and uh, uh, your your uh, uh, your account number and your bank routing number. Routing. Routing or routing. They're routing for your routing number. That's what they did. That's their business plan is we can, they'll never be able to cancel. Let's root for their routing number. So um, that makes it extremely difficult to cancel. And I had an issue with this many, many years ago where I had joined the gym with another person, a lady, and um, I had paid for the membership. And then that lady and I uh, parted ways. We parted ways, as people often do. We were two ships passing in the night. We docked for a while, and then, uh, then we went our separate ways. I off onto the Atlantic, and she off to the Pacific. So then when I went to cancel the damn thing, they wouldn't let me cancel it because it was her name on it. I go, but it's my bank account. Eventually, I had to close down the entire bank account just to get out of the $875 a month it was causing. So, that's one of the issues. But you know what? It's 10 bucks. Yeah. But that's another $10. Then I went to CVS the other day, which is a drugstore in Arizona, and said to give me a big discount. All I do is join CarePass. only $5 a month. First month is free. And then if you want to cancel it, go ahead and cancel it. And, of course, you always forget to cancel it. And then I look at my bank account today, and, uh, and it says $5 for CVS CarePass. I don't go to CVS. It just happened to be next to JP's, and I needed to buy nicotine lozenges. Now I got to take the time to cancel that. I canceled three magazines the other day. Why? Because I dislike magazines? No, I like magazines. But I can get everything that I read in the magazine now for free online. <laughs> Kevin Roberts says you're getting angry. You're damn right I am. Because every once in a while, every few months, I will go through everything that I'm charged. Everything. And see where I'm being pilfered. And I'll 
And it's little stuff, $5, $8, $10, you know? Magazine subscriptions, uh, discount subscriptions. And I'll cancel them all. I realize I just saved myself $50, $75 a month. Now you go, oh, that's not a big deal. It is a big deal in these times of high inflation. It is a big deal. And then you just multiply that by a year. So $50 a year and little stupid, senseless things like CVS Care Pass and some gym membership you don't use, etc. Bloody Blue, Hody Ho, some streaming service you don't watch anymore. You got so you could watch one stupid show at night because you were tired, you were weak. And despite there being thousands of titles on Netflix, there's not anything good on Netflix. There's not anything good on Netflix. Ever since they canceled House of Cards, there really hasn't been anything good on Netflix unless you're 12. <laughs> Kevin Roberts says, take a nicotine lunch and come down. I just finished one. Paul Whitney says, 50 a month. That's like 200 a year. That's what you get. Bad math, Paul. Children might be listening, and we don't want them infected with your bad math. It's like 600 bucks a year. And when people go, oh, it's not a big deal, I go, all right, do you have 600 bucks in your pocket? Take it out and fucking give it to me. Give me the money. If you're willing to waste it, give it to me. I'll do something fun with it. I go to a basketball game. I buy a pair of uh, uh, alligator skin uh, cowboy boots. Something. Something. I buy a uh, five-year supply of toothpicks. Something useful. Something useful. <laughs> Kevin Roberts from Detroit, Michigan, who uh, has been on fire commenting today, says, try this. Go to YouTube and watch Barnaby Jones reruns with Buddy Epson. Um, I used to watch that uh, show when I was drunk and stoned in the 70s. I'd come home from work. I used to work construction. And, uh, you know, you come home, you just, and I don't care how young you are. It just wears your ass out, and you plop down in your chair in your cheap apartment and turn on the TV, and there's Barnaby Jones. Buddy Epson was a song and dance man. I don't know if you know that. If, uh, if you don't know who uh, we're talking about, uh, Barnaby Jones was a very popular one-hour police procedural drama, detective drama that was on television in the 70s. It was one of those shows that, was, uh, 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 that would put you to sleep. It was like Matlock. You know, uh, and nothing gets Matlock, but it was a show that if you're in your 20s, man, it did nothing for you. It was during that time that the uh, old guard began to lose its grip on the big three networks, NBC, CBS, and ABC. And uh, shows were getting sneaking on like Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, and Saturday Night Live. But Barnaby Jones was a regular show in prime time about an old guy that was a detective. Well, uh, I guess we'll have to look into this murder a little deeper. Deeper. Bum, bum, bum. So, um, but Buddy Epson was a very talented guy who was uh, a song and dance man. A lot of people don't know that. He was, Christopher Walken was a song and dance man. People don't know that. I mean, these guys could dance. Dance, dance. Buddy Epson was a song and dance man who was supposed to be uh, in The Wizard of Oz. He was supposed to be in The Wizard of Oz. But uh, he was going to play the Tin Man. Okay, and by the way, have you ever heard that I did anything bad to a tin man? I ain't never done nothing to a tin man. I never gave nothing to a tin man that he didn't already have. So, uh, he, uh, the makeup uh, caused him to go into some sort of toxic shock, the silver makeup, and he was let go and replaced by the fellow who ended up playing the tin man. 
So I don't know. I also know enough on some Buddy Epson Barnaby Jones thing, which made me uh, forget. Now I'm just angry and can't remember why. I don't know if that's good. What do you just have free floating anger? You know, disconnected rage. But I'm mad because of uh, all the stupid little things that get charged. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what Liz, Liz Frisius is on vacation in parts uh, unknown. Uh, just put, it's, it's, it looks like a little star up. Star up. Uh, Kevin Roberts says, can I come on and do my cowardly lion impression? Just uh, make a video of it, Kevin, and put it and tag it on my Facebook page. We, um, we're, not, we're not doing guests on the show. That's been, uh, since we did, started doing Living on a Thin Line, we don't do 30 minutes. We don't need guests. Although we love you all. And one of these days we'll do a show where we'll have you on as guests. Okay. Um, Liz Friesen said he was allergic to the makeup. Yeah, it made him sick. He almost died. That's what happened to Buddy Epson. Buddy Epson. Buddy Epson. Um, you know what time I got up this morning? Can I tell you what time I got up? 4 a.m. 4 a.m. So uh, why did I get up at 4 a.m.? Because last night, for the first time in 100 million years, I fell asleep at 9.30 p.m. Now, I never fall asleep at 9.30 p.m. I still, even though I'm not in nightclubs every night, I still function on nightclub time. I still function with last call in mind. It's ingrained. It's in my heart. It's in my soul. I was raised in corner bars. Uh, I've been working in nightclubs. I've been either hanging out and drinking in nightclubs or working in nightclubs uh, since before I was, I was old enough to be in nightclubs. And I just got, I got a nightclub clock. I got a nightclub clock. I'm a nightclub man. That's what I am, darling. I'm a nightclub man. But um, uh, I managed to fall asleep at um, uh, 9.30. I was just dropped, I was dropped dead tired. And uh, so I woke up at 4 a.m. I've been waking up at 5. And I've been kind of living with that. I woke up at 4 and I could not. I could not. I was counting sheep. as then everything. But I could not fall asleep. I just couldn't do it. It was almost like I had the vapors. Um, so I got up at four. I got up at four. So I'm a little dingy right now. The good news is I could get the dog out and walk him at a reasonable time. Roscoe the dog. Uh, the bad news is it was still like 90 degrees. And like, Because uh, I, I don't jump right out of bed and start doing stuff. I'm not jumping out of bed going, wah, 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 you know. I'm not doing a soft shoe. I'm not doing my Buddy Epson impersonation. Uh, if you would have been the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz. Uh, I get up, you know, I have coffee. I let the cats out. We're, uh, we're foster parenting a cat. Babysitting a cat. And it stays in the guest room. And then we have two cats. And one sleeps in the bed with us. And the other one just disappears someplace. The one who sleeps in the bed with us we found on the street. And the one who sleeps in a, uh, doesn't sleep in a bed with us was found in a dumpster. So, <laughs> yeah, and that's the one who's closest to me, but he won't get on a bed at night. But uh, the street the street cat does. He's a he does a street cat strut. So I get up, I let them run outside. They all and it you know what? It's it's a good way to wake up in the morning with animals because animals are happy to see you. They're happy and they're happy because you're going to do shit for them, which is usually the only reason people are happy to see you. They're happy because you're going to do stuff for them. What I'm going to do is feed them and let them go outside. First, they all want to run outside and look at birds. Well, Roscoe wants to go out and piss wherever he's supposed to not pee. You know, hey, that's a brand new lawn chair. 
you know, and then the cats would go out and try to chase birds. Then after a while they wander in, I feed them. Uh, the little cat will only eat treats. He won't eat regular cat food. I give Roscoe food, but he won't eat that food. He waits till I put out two bowls of cat food, even though the one cat won't eat cat food because he'll eat treats. And then Roscoe eats cat food. And then he won't eat his dog food. And that's how my morning goes. That's my morning. What I also did this morning, to shift over to a slightly uh, more somber note, is I put up a brief eulogy about a very dear friend of mine, uh, Ken Kazmierich, who went by the stage name Ken Kaz, because uh, he was a little smarter than me. Those of us have Eastern European names, Polish, Croatian, Serbian names, Hungarian names. Uh, his was Kazmierich, and mine is Visic, and I never changed mine. Uh, but he, uh, for on stage, went by Ken Kaz. Ken Kaz was one of the finest people I ever met in my entire life. He wandered into my class 2002, 2003, was with us in class for over five years. Well past the time where there was anything we could actually do for him. He was just using it as a proving ground like a gym. And he also liked the camaraderie. Did hundreds of shows with us at the Tempe Improv, uh, Entertainment Alley, Mardi Gras, the Tempe Center of the Arts, and various venues. Wonderful father, three great sons. The youngest just graduated from high school. Long-term wife, good guy from Chicago. Successful in a straight job and one of the funniest people I ever met in my entire life, hands down. And I've met them all. I've met them all. I've met Jay Leno. I've met Jerry Seinfeld. I knew Bill Hicks, knew Sam Kidd. I've met them all. And he was one of the most uniquely funny men I ever met in my entire life. He was clean and clever and biting. He could be dark without being offensive. Uh, his stage presence was eminently likable. Everyone liked him on stage and off. He was a funny guy, but a no-nonsense guy. He was in on the joke of life. He saw life through a funny prism, yet he was a stand-up guy who knew that his job, most important job, was to take care of his wife and sons, to take care of his family. He was a man who I truly felt could have gone to Los Angeles or New York, but mostly Los Angeles. We live in Phoenix. It's easier. Uh, and done something in the industry. He could have been... Uh, he. You could give him two days' time to write a half hour. Jeff Rawls, who runs Jester's, was relaying his story to me how they hired him two days before to do a corporate event for a company. And within two days, he had written 20 minutes that was on the company. It was almost like someone who was like clairvoyant that he could actually... Uh, he could actually uh, uh, read the minds of the company and had the people falling out of their chairs with inside jokes about the people and the company. And he had done that for me as well, too. So talented of a guy that when Mark Anderson, the uh, lovable and legendary and quirky uh, and idiosyncratic uh, owner of the Tempe Improv and a man who opened up 21 improvs throughout the country, came to town to exclusively run the improv and saw Ken. He goes, Tony... I want to hire him. Are you his manager? I go, yeah. He goes, I want to hire him for what was an outlandish amount of money for a local comic. He goes, to be here every week. There were two showrooms at the Tempe Improv at the time. One room called the Wonderama or AZ Funnies Room. Another one being the old, uh, the uh, large uh, original showroom. He goes, and well, we, I can just have him do 10 minute sets, shift him from room to room every Friday and Saturday, and I'll pay him. And it was like, it's a nice chunk of money. If any of you were getting that much a month, you'd, uh, you'd quit your job. And I said, okay, so for a year, Ken Kaz was at the Tempe Improv every week working both rooms. A brilliant guy, a decent guy, a nice guy. Uh, a number of years ago, 
once we were at the Tempe Center of the Arts, he was doing shows with us there. Uh, I hired him for uh, uh, political fundraisers, and I've done that for both parties, although I am a Democrat. Uh, for the uh, Democratic Party, where we had him play a version of Donald Trump on stage. It was absolutely hilarious. Uh, he was just funny. He could rise to any task. Best writer I ever met in the industry. A number of years ago, uh, I started having a hard time getting him to do shows. I'd say, you know, call him up, yeah, you know, I'm kind of kind of stepping back, kind of busy, trying to spend time with the family. I'm going, oh, okay. And being the uh, uh, arrogant, egocentric, self-centered, self-obsessed guy I am, I'm going, is he mad at me? Is this something about me? I don't know what it is. How come he's not doing shows with us anymore? It's kind of weird. Um, and what I didn't know is that the man uh, had a long-term illness. He had a long-term illness, and this week he succumbed at the very young age of 52 uh, to uh, leukemia or complications from leukemia. So uh, for those of you that saw him, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you that didn't, if you kind of look around, uh, I think my wife Shirley did post one of his videos, one of his YouTube videos on one of our pages, a true loss to his wife, to his children, to his friends in the comedy community. Uh, it's kind of sad and weird that uh, in Phoenix, which has such a vibrant uh, and large now local stand-up comedy community that most people that are running around like maniacs between from club to club uh, don't know who he is. But he kind of designed it that way. He told me one night out in the parking lot of a club that we ran because I said, man, you if you go to Los Angeles, I, I generally don't tell people to do this, but if anybody has a chance, you do. More than most. More than most. Your writing skills alone, along with your performing skills, your likability how you come across on camera, everything. And he told me, he goes, I'm not going to do it. He goes, I believe you, and I think I could. He goes, but I got a great life here in Scottsdale, and I'm not going to root my wife and boys and take them to live in North Hollywood and uh, struggle as I try to land something. He goes, I'll find some other way to be able to tell jokes and write jokes. I just like writing jokes anyway, Tone, because I don't care if I tell them or not. I just like writing them. And that he did. And... Uh, up until about, I don't know, 2016, 2017, maybe 2008, yeah, about 2017, he was a regular on shows with us. Uh, I think some of the last shows he did with us was at the uh, Laugh Factory in Scottsdale. Uh, he will be sorely missed. At a time when the local Phoenix comedy scene was much smaller and tighter and a little more vibrant, and there's reasons for that. Not saying anything about anybody's talent today. Uh, he was a true standout, a true standout. He kind of eclipsed a lot of people, including me, including me. You know, in those days, those guys were all shooting for headliner status. The Ken Kaz of the world, Josh McDermott's of the world, others, they were shooting for headliner status. But as more comedy clubs opened up in the city, they uh, many of them became enamored at the fact of opening for like Eliza Schlesinger. We could open for Eliza. Crystal Lee is coming to town. They want to open for him. I can't headline any of your clubs because I'm opening for Crystal Lee. I'm opening for Lassinger. And slowly but surely, so many people who I believe could have had headlining iconic status became opening acts. So uh, the game's changed a little bit here in town. Okay, uh, it's not what it once was, but when it was what it was, he was the best of what it was. Okay, 
Okay. All right. I just thought I'd mention that. Um, let's talk about what's going on in town this weekend because there's a lot of funny people in town. I hope that what I just said didn't make you think there's not. There's tons of funny people in town. You know, and a lot of people do achieve headliner status and go on and move on and go other places. And as they're developing, they're just some great, great people. And we've got them. We got them. We gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. At the Roost tonight at 7 p.m., the Roost, live, local, fun, and free. Okay, the Pilgrim. Uh, we've got Tara Shakespeare, DJ Payne, myself, and a whole host of funny people. No cover, no minimum. 7 to 8.30. 7 to 8.30. Come on down, guys. Great food, great fun, and check it out. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, and the ranch being JP's Comedy Club in Gilbert, Arizona, one of my oldest and longest friends in the comedy world, Kurt Matthews, is headlining JP's Comedy Club. Kurt Matthews, live from San Francisco. Met him when we were both young guys in Los Angeles. We used to tour the country together. We uh, uh, Our lives so intersected so many times. And that's one of the cool things about booking clubs is every once in a while, uh, you can't really do a favor. You can't take someone who's terrible and have them book you, uh, work your room. That's counterproductive. But every once in a while, you get to get a great act like Kurt and go, hey, man, we got a club, and we'd love to have you come and work it. Kurt Matthews, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, five shows. You know what? Check that out. And then, of course, Sunday. Sunday. Um, at JP's Comedy Club, it's round five of the funniest comic in the valley. 60 go in, one comes out. Now, that's changed somewhat. It's been more than 60 because we booked 12 or 13 on some of these prelims. And we did that because of COVID and dropouts and stuff. There'd be times we'd end up with seven or eight comics. So, uh, but sometimes all 12 or 13 shows up. And that's good for you, the RDI, because um, uh, you get to see more comics for the same amount of money. Five-minute lightning rounds. Five-minute lightning rounds. Three to four will be chosen uh, to go on to the semifinals. So come on down. Uh, one person, uh, August 28th, will win $1,000 cash prize. Another person will get a paid feature spot at JP's Comedy Club. And third place, <coughs> last but not least, a guest spot on the Tempe Comedy Concert Series uh, in 2022 uh, at the Tempe Center for the Arts. So uh, Glenn Broman says, I just got here. Start over, Glenn. I say, no. To you, Glenn, I say, no. You're going to have to uh, wait till we post it and listen all the way through. Wait till we post it. And, uh, and by the way, you can listen on Spotify, listen on SoundCloud, listen on Mixer. We're going to link uh, the Spotify link to our webpage, ComedySchools.com, and you'll be able to pick it up, pick it up, right there. Okay? Um, it's all the stuff we got going on. We got more in store, uh, but we still got uh, one more day uh, this week to tell you about a lot of cool stuff, and then uh, kicking it all back up next Monday. Um, we always promise... To recommend one artist or one piece of music of our vast vinyl album and compact disc collection. We're going into the Wayback Machine with a band that um, was one of the British Invasion bands. But was kind of late to the game. They were huge in England and huge in Europe. But it took a few years for them to become huge in the United States. But once they did, they were huge, incredible harmonies, great songing, songwriting. Ladies, the Hollies, this is Bus Stop. Bus Stop by The Hollies. So uh, The Hollies were an incredible vocal group out of England, kind of a Mercy Beat thing. Like The Beatles, they were uh, did a lot of three-part harmony. It was wonderful, wonderful music. Uh, Bus Stop was their first big American hit. Uh, I'm trying to see what else was on here that um, 
Uh, Carousel was a uh, hit of theirs. Bus stop, Carousel, stop, stop, stop. Then in 1968, there was a big change in the band when the legendary, and you can see him right here, he's so darn young. There, Graham Nash. Graham Nash took a chance and left and established a very popular uh, group with singles and joined up with uh, two other ruffians who just left really big popular bands. One who had left uh, uh, the Birds and one who had left uh, uh, Buffalo Springfield. Uh, he had uh, he joined up with David Crosby and Stephen Stills from Crosby, Stills, and Nash that became one of the massive monsters of the 70s. Even with him gone, the Hollies continued to make big hits, huge hits, throughout the 70s, I believe in the 80s. Uh, of course, Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress is now an iconic staple of FM rock. All right? And one of the most beautiful songs uh, from the rock era, Sometimes All I Need is the Air That I Breathe. Uh, all Holly tunes. Uh, they were just a really fun band. But when I was a little bitty boy, when I was just a little bitty baby, a few years after my mama rocked me in a cradle, uh, I actually bought Bus Stop on a 45. I love the song so much. It was so cool. Song was Bus Stop. Bus Stop. One day she goes there, says, please share my umbrella. So it was a little love song about people who meet at a bus stop, you know, and uh, by sharing an umbrella, they... Um, they spark a relationship and fall in love and, uh, I think, get married. Pretty cool, innocuous little love song. Things were so crazy in the 60s, and people were so afraid of all these long-haired weirdos coming over from England, you know, and all of a sudden black people are singing with white people. <laughs> that Art Linkletter, Art Linkletter, came out, uh, who, unfortunately, whose daughter... Uh, uh, the story was she had a bad acid trip and jumped off a roof because she thought she could fly. I always thought that was a bit, uh, there's probably a little bit more to the story than that. But Art Linkletter, Hollywood guy, old Hollywood guy, friend of Ronald Reagan, Walt Disney. Daughter grew up in uh, the 60s, uh, succumbed, uh, sadly enough, to drug addiction. Uh, became an anti-drug crusader and claimed that the, songs, the song Bust Up by Hollies was actually a code word for LSD. Bust Up really means LSD. We got to get this music off the air. So, folks, when you're my age, when you're the age of many of us, when you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, and you're decrying and afraid of young people and their music and their hire and their looks, remember, they were the same to us when we were young, too. So, I always give things a second look. All right. That's our show for today. I want to thank you for watching. I want to thank you for listening. Um... We're going to be back tomorrow, one more day this week, so don't miss it. 2 p.m., tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your pals. There's something new to do at 2, right here on Spotify, Living on a Thin Line, and Facebook Live, Tony Visick. All right, I'll be back tomorrow with more thrilling tales from yesteryear. Bye-bye.